After spending more than 30 years in prison, Al and his fellow inmates have built a web of support so strong it's helping to keep dozens of men walking free and moving their lives forward. I arrived at um, Old Folsom Prison, 1983, January, in fact. 19 years old, didn't know what prison was about other than what I had saw in the movies, and that gave me the worst-case scenario. So I went into this castle-looking, prehistoric, almost medieval-looking building, and that terrified me. The main point was to stay alive and if that meant that I would end up with more time then so be it. Exercise, stay as healthy as I possibly can, watch my back, don't trust anybody. That's Al Sasser, Making Contact's most recent community storytelling fellow. He served 31 years for second-degree murder before being released from California State Prison at Solano in September of 2013. In the segment you're about to hear, Al tells the story of how he and a group of 50 men were chosen for a certification program to become drug and alcohol counselors inside the prison. But unexpected by the prison administration and even subverting their goal of simply saving money, the group formed a brotherhood of sorts, which became a mutual support system, both on the inside and the outside. One would think that it would basically start by the acquiring the literature, showing up at a certain time, meeting at a certain place. However, the initiation for us was this loud boom. So it was like two o'clock in the morning, and all of a sudden you hear this noise, this loud bang, boom, you look up. Cameron Clark, we were in different buildings, but he witnessed everything. And there's about, 50 to 60 uh, officers in all black, wrapping people up, going through their property, making sure that they got everything from letters, paperwork, books, and all of these things, and then systematically escorted them out of the building, put them on a bus, and sent them to Pelican Bay Prison. Out of hundreds, 50 were selected to participate in this offenders mentor certification program in which we will become certified with the state alcohol and drug abuse counselors. And later I found out that that was a part of the setup, that they would come in and take people that they thought were uh, identifiable gang-affiliated people who they felt may prevent this process from happening. And I don't know if you remember at this time, there was making a whole lot of cuts. And the CCPOA at that time was reallocating funds from rehabilitative programs to ensuring that they received a higher wage. You know, so therefore, a lot of our programs and our educational opportunities was cut. I guess the basic idea was we don't need to hire employees from outside and bring them inside the institution and pay them a higher wage with it with uh, insurance and benefits when we can take light-term prisoners, train them, and have them for a long-term period facilitate these groups. And then here it is, here's these 50 individuals that's about to potentially become counselors. They were coming up to, say, to us saying, you took my friend's job, or such and such is not gonna be able to work here anymore because they're about to give you guys the jobs 
that they once had. One thing that was really on point with that idea was the fact that we relate to each other better than people outside. However, whatever the plan was in terms of the economic strategy to not have to spend more money, what developed from that was that 50 men bonded, supported each other, and developed a relationship that super exceeded their expectations. Thank you for using Global Tail Link. Hey, bro, how you doing? Hey, I'm all right. How you doing, big bro? I'm doing good. Give an introduction of yourself. My name is Delray Poole. I'm 46 years old. I've been locked up for right now for 27 years uh, for second-degree murder. I'm out of Oakland, California. Because I've got my strength and it don't make sense not to keep on pushing. I know when we uh, first started the program, you know, I, I know definitely I brought a lot of my old stuff in because I still was a little standoffish, a little mis mistrusting. This call and your telephone number will be monitored and recorded. But the help from everybody up in there, you know, and the way we talk, the process groups helped. You know, because that's, that's what opened up, you know, myself, you know, to be able to communicate. You know, yeah, because I was in a shell. You know, I didn't want to talk about the hurt and pain and, things that I went through. I can make it with just a little bit of soul. We didn't know or realize at the time that we were actually in a therapeutic process and we were counseling each other and that this parallel process was helping each one of us as we spoke the truth of our story and shared our experiences and our pains. We started to develop these relationships this bond that superseded anyone's expectation. And one of the probably most powerful experiences is, is the relationships that we developed with Big Lou, we call him, Mr. Lewis Wright, who at that time was our program director. For me, it wasn't a job. And it was his disposition, his passion, and his love and concern, his teachings, all of which really got our attention and our trust. Normally, within the correction system, we're not to be as, uh, as close with the inmates. They always would say that it would be over-familiarity was a big issue. He and I bonded solely because we were what we call kindred spirits when it came to classical jazz music like Coltrane and Miles. We need to share our burdens and share our fears and share the things that may be tough for us. There's no law against love, is what I try to express to everyone. My thing is to try to help you understand that the more love that you express, the more uh, energy that you're gonna get and the more uh, righteous you will be living. We came together, different cultures. We had Vietnamese, we had Caucasians, we had uh, African-Americans, we had uh, Mexicans, uh, Puerto Ricans, we had Portuguese, we had all these different cultures, backgrounds, beliefs, and we came together and we educated each other about our culture to the point where we started to dispel all these myths we started to eradicate the preconceived notions that we had 
And then the more we came together, the more we supported each other. We found out that we had more in common than we had in different. My cousin Odell Johnson is not just my relative. He's my mentor. You know, even though we came from different walks of life, different paths of life, but they still had the same issue. It's about, man, all of us in pain. We would support each other financially. We would cook food and eat together. We were breaking all the paradigms that were so perpetuated in the prison culture. Slowly but surely, that started to change the culture of the yard, man. It was amazing. We did not allow the threat of death even to prevent us from being friends to each other and that evolving into a brotherhood. First, I had to learn how to be honest with myself because uh, most of my friendships and relationships in the past was kind of like negative. Once I learned to love and respect myself and treat myself decent, then I allowed other people to come into my life. When I didn't believe in myself, some other people believed in me and they gave me hope. And despite the fact that we had guards in opposition of us, we had instructors in opposition of us, we had other prisoners in opposition of, to us, we continued to persevere. As I stand here in downtown Oakland, just checking out the scenes, watching people go by, I just really appreciate being free and being able to express myself freely. And in part, that's what this is about. This story that I'm imparting on telling or sharing is a story in which I hope to honor some of the most unrecognized heroes in my life. Men who have assembled together against all odds against an identifiable enemy element which would rather see us die a painfully emotional and psychological death. And still we rise. And as a result, the majority of these 50 men are now out in society being productive and sharing the insight that they've gathered through all this struggle. Here we go. Here we go, y'all. Check me out. Even before I was born, they had me a spot to rock in a cell block. Even the manufacturers had me a Glock to pop in the exact cop to see me. Chase me down my mama's block, let dog four shots tops. Then get back in the squad car now. Statistically speaking, I was a victim of a system that's paid to profile a young black child because of his dress style. This real shit I spit happened to me in elementary day. Pulled up on the side of me, easily thinking friended me, handed me baseball cards from their squad car. Innocently, I approached and received this gift to me. When aggressively, he grabbed me and asked me, was I a little homie? A homie you what? Do I stay in a house most of the times and stuff? Or is the streets a little too rough when click with his cuffs my first? What the fuck? Asked me if I knew how to throw the hood up. Prison didn't change us. We changed us, love changed us, family changed us. The desire to be better, to have better, to think better, to feel better was the motivation for change. Listening is probably the most important part of becoming closer because you can, if you listen well enough, you can hear the heart of that person coming through. Oh, yes, it will. It's been too
George, a lovely day outside today. Sun's out. A lot of trees in Oakland. That's the beautiful thing. It's only been like two years now since I was locked away. Couldn't see past the barbed wire fence and the wall. It's amazing all the sounds that you hear in society when you're free. I think everybody goes through this sensory deprivation when you can find, whether it be in a mental institution or a prison, and you be and the senses are so deprived that you become apathetic if you're not careful. I can tell just how deprived my senses have been. So now I'm in a point of nurturing and really being able to appreciate the variety of colors and sounds and smells, the texture of things. Yes, it's a beautiful world. My name is Al Sasser, and this is my story, and I'm sticking to it. But he winds up knocking me.